Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Alt Music Podcast. I'm your host, Rogan Josh. And with me today, I have a very old friend, a very talented man in many different ways, uh, Dave Nankervis. Dave, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Dude, it's been a long time since we've hung out. It has. I was trying to work it out the other day. Um, and I think the last time I saw you guys was when you came to the Gold Coast and we all got swine flu. Oh, dude, yes. Wow, what a time <laughs> what, what a time to bring that up. So, Dave, uh, I met you through being the guitarist of Sleepers and then Awaken I Am. And, yeah, coming down and playing with you guys and touring you guys was some of the definite highlights of, uh, of my time in being in the band. And I can't believe that was the last time, was the swine flu trip. I think that was it. I, there was a hottest 100 of all time party, I remember. Yep. And there was the swine flu beer pong incident. <laughs> Dude, yeah, we we were paid by the WA government to go and play, and then they wouldn't let us in because we had swine flu. So then we got the money, but we didn't have to play. It worked out pretty well. Crazy times. Yeah, man. All right, so I I uh, describe you to people as one of those guys that seems to be good at everything. So incredible guitarist, uh, photographer, videographer, uh, social media genius. Um, So I. Was it Culture Kings that you went found your way into social media stuff yeah. through? Yeah, that's right. They they gave me a really big chance. Uh, I'd done really just band stuff, no qualifications behind me. Uh, the owner and the um, one of the other guys at the time knew me through bands and knew that I was doing my best to grow our following as well as another couple of bands following. So they brought me on. It was a huge learning curve and uh, I picked up a lot of knowledge in that role, which was awesome. Yeah. Just going to move my camera so I'm looking more at you, I've just realized. But uh, back to going to band life though, how did you get into music? Um, it, I guess my mom played guitar when I was really young uh, and I've always had like a three-quarter guitar from when I can remember. Never learned how to play it until I hit, uh, I think it was grade six in primary school and one of my teachers used to play in class. Oh, nice. So he taught me a few chords and taught me a few things and then i'm one of those lucky people that can kind of play by ear yep so as soon as i learned a couple of chords i had some extra friends teach me how to play bar chords and then it was yeah. all you know all, all downhill from there so and a guitarist from the beginning and then you stuck with it did you ever dabble in any other instruments no i suck it i wish i could play drums yeah and i really wish i learned how to play piano but just just guitar yeah, straight guitar. And uh, when did you start? Were you songwriting first or were you into a band first? How did you start the music creation part? Um, I guess it's all, it all comes back to Nirvana. Like it's uh, Nirvana and yep. Green Day were my two two biggest influences back when I was young. And all I would do is put on CDs and just do my best to play along with entire albums and learn songs that way. Oh, wow. And- I was just talking to Tim Bartell last week and Green Day, uh, playing Green yeah. Day songs was how he got into his band. Yeah, they're, they're super simple to play, but so beautifully written, so well written, especially the earlier stuff. It's just insane, um, you know, how, how much emotion and how much of a story they can you can get with four chords. Yeah, Dave Grohl always says you never underestimate a simple song. Yeah. Definitely, a lot simple of power. The hardest to write. Yeah, uh, that too. <laughs> uh, and so you were playing on your own at this time. How did you turn that into being in a band? And what was your first band? Um, I can't remember what we were called. It was all through high school. I went to a school that had very few kids, 
but there was seven or eight bands when I started there. So I just wow. wanted to try and join. Like there was a year 12 band that were absolutely amazing um, that I wanted to try and get in when I was in, you know, grade eight, grade nine. Yeah. Um, and then it just went from there. There was a, a couple of really close friends of mine um, who were the grade above me were a band called Silhouette Puppets. That's and a cool name were, for yeah, a school band. Cool I just wish I could steal that forever. Yeah. Um, but they were a very Smashing pumpkins kind of awesome band. And I just would go along to their practices. They lived up the road from me yep. and try and get in on that and try and play with them. And then uh, a few friends of mine from my grade, I forced one of them to learn how to play bass. Nice. Another one is a great drummer. And we just started going from there and uh, yeah, played as a four piece with another friend, Carl, and just played horrible covers. Actually, <laughs> were, were, were you singing? very, very good at covers. Oh, nice. Were you singing for these bands? Yeah. yeah. I guess it was, it fell on me because I was trying, I was the guitarist. Yep. So, uh, not, a, not, I guess I'm not a great singer, but I'm a, I consider myself a very good rhythm guitarist and, and backing vocalist. I was always very jealous of you guys for having two people that could sing. We just, we, none of the guys in our bands, like apart from the vocalists mm. could ever sing. We had Ryan, uh, was the, the Ben had the highest pitch but we just couldn't make it work when he was drumming. And mm. Ryan was the best at following the tune. So there's a few times that he backed Timmy up in a few songs, but we, we never found ourselves until I left the band and Jack came in. We never had another person that was uh, like a confident singer. So mm. I always, I was always very jealous of that. I remember there was a photo of you singing without a guitar at some point. I think that's when I realized like, Oh, Dave can sing. Do you remember what that was from? Do you remember uh, wow. what band you were singing in without playing guitar? We could have, we, we went through, the evolution of what was originally known as Ava, that was then Sleepers, that was then Awaken I Am, um, there was a stage there where we didn't have a singer, so we still had some shows booked, so I jumped up and sang for those. All right. Who was who was in Ava? I've never heard that band name, The it Sleepers. Was, have you ever heard of um, Repeat Offender? No. No. It's, so it's a very old Gold Coast Brisbane band um, that were amazing. Uh, yep. Their singer, Ryan he was the singer for Ava. So it was Ash. I think it was Dean and Daz, the original, original drummer. And, and it might have been a guy, Dan. Before, it was well before my time. Yeah. Um, there were this amazing um, kind of very similar to the Sleeper Sound kind of band that Ash put together. But then, yeah, they they got rid of Ryan or Ryan left to keep doing repeat offender stuff. They got yep. Tim on, Tim Sedgwick on to sing. And so they've had what, five, six, seven, eight singers or something before Adam oh, wow. and now nine singers or something. It's, so it's been a, but that's bands though. That's you, Brisbane, Australian bands, especially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Who would you say is, uh, I'm surprised to, so, so Ash was in Ava. You, so you came into it while it was still Ava? No, I came in, into it when it was Sleepers. Okay. So was it, it was already Sleepers or was that part of you coming in was the name change? It was, uh, the name change was before I came in. All right. Who was the founding member of th this super group of yeah, many names? Ash. It would have just been Ashley Jackson. Wow. That is amazing. I had no idea. All right. Yeah. So was Ash your in for the band or how did you uh, get in with them? Yeah. And how did you know Ash? Um, we just used to go to Fuller and, and Snitch. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. We used to, I think it was Snitch every Thursday. We would just go. I don't even remember how I met him. It would have been either band stuff or something similar. Yeah, and you guys were going based in Brisbane or Gold Coast? He was. He's still Gold Coast. Yeah. But so the snitch was Brisbane. 
All right. So he'd come up every Thursday night and we'd go watch shows for ages, maybe four or five months there. And then one of the guitarists was leaving to do med. Yeah. So you can't really complain when someone's leaving to do medicine. So Yeah, definitely. What was the first release that you put out as sleepers when you were in the band? Um, we did Resonance was the one that I was actually involved was the first I was involved in. Yeah. It was really the only one I was involved in. It was Were a- you not involved in uh Murderers Were Lovers First? Um, what was what? I don't think so. No, oh, what, wow. I don't even know what, what that is. The Sleepers, what was the name of that EP? You guys had that uh, EP with the super long name as Sleepers. Um, oh, this is going to drive me nuts. It's like the greatest lovers were murderers, but oh, murderers oh, yeah, were yeah, lovers yeah. first. That, that was just just before I came in. Oh, all right. Because when the we first... This backup vocals were the guy that I was replacing. Oh, okay. the most amazing voice. Ah, uh, because when we first came up and stayed with you guys, mm. um, you gave you gave us CDs, and it was that mm. CD. So yeah. at the time, it's like I was meeting you, and I was getting that CD. So I just always thought that that was the group that I was hanging out with. No, it was the, the rest of them were, but not me. All right, that was just when I joined. I've got to tell you that trip when we came out the first night. So we came to Fim's place, and uh, you guys were all there, and it was the most like like LA <laughs> band like it, it would it's like the american equivalent of going to vegas and meeting like resident artists that just like tour and play every night it was the coolest like hangout that we had at that point ever had with the band because we were like a an adelaide band that never kind of came out of adelaide um and then we were finally going out and touring and the first night was like beer pong we had never played beer pong <laughs> so it was like, you guys blew our minds in that way. Just like cool guys. Uh, you, you guys had been in a band for a lot longer. We're already like living that band life. So it was for us like a huge deal hanging out with you guys that first night. Um, and you guys were just crazy as well. <laughs> yeah. So we would drink a lot of yeah. alcohol. I think yeah. we were all drinking a, a lot of Jägermeister at that time. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was pretty nuts. The parties we'd have at that place that, Timmy lived out. I don't know how he didn't get kicked out. Yeah. I, it was unbelievable. Just going to someone's house because we were all living at home. So mm. when we got there and it was like, this is his place. Mm. And it was a party. Like it, it was all just the next level. Um, so how often was, was that the party house always? And how often do you reckon you guys were like hanging out there and having band kind of parties? If we had shows down the coast, we would definitely go pretty much straight back there. There was there was a few houses down there we'd end up at. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that was maybe 10 years ago now, though. Oh, so. God, man. You're making me feel <laughs> old. How many shows were you guys playing at the time? Uh, as many as we could get, which was... Yeah. I'm very cynical about the Australian music scene, and I'm the, the first to admit, you know, first to apologize, but we were playing as much as we could to the same couple of hundred people every yeah. weekend. So that's the Gold Coast and that's Brisbane for you kind of that, thing. That's Adelaide too. Yeah. It, when we come to Adelaide and we play bigger shows in Adelaide than we would in, you know, at the Gold Coast or in Brisbane, which mm. was the best thing trying to get out. And Melbourne was, Melbourne loved this for some reason, which was awesome. Yeah. I love but, playing at Melbourne. I just love playing anywhere. <laughs> playing yeah. shows. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love everything. I love the show. Yep. But anything else, the getting ready for the show, waiting at the, at the venues was the hardest bit. I hated the the packing up afterwards. I'm, I wasn't even, it wasn't that bad. It was more getting 
the the venue manager you have to be here at six for load in and we're yep. gonna get you here and then you sit in a bar for people that were trying not to drink so much sitting in a bar from 6 30 yep. to midnight 1 a.m 2 a.m to play a club show oh, I remember. yeah that was God. the worst yeah i remember those nights how often you got were you guys practicing at the time uh twice a week on the coast so yep. i was doing their hour drive there and back every night for Far twice out. a week for four years or something wow and you had the storage unit that you guys were jamming out on yeah it was awesome it we was the, <laughs> that was another thing that blew us luck. away yeah we had the best luck with practice spaces um core studios was this really awesome spot on the gold coast that looked after us for ages uh, and then it, we just did we got sick of loading our gear um so we had to say sorry to them and leave there and we moved around the corner to it was literally a, a cannot tire uh, uh, yeah but the previous people had put three layers four layers of carpet on the walls so it wasn't Perfect. soundproof, but it was in the middle of an industrial estate and no one cared. That's um, we had a few, so there was a good. few people illegally living in there. Yeah. Um, so we'd get a couple of the guys that would come down and watch us practice. And yeah. we was down the road from a, from a Macca's so we could go Perfect. to the food runs. And yeah. It was awesome. You didn't have to move your gear. And because the guys that were living, illegally living in there, yeah. um, liked it so much, you, we knew our gear was safe. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there were a couple of the entrance units kind of thing. But yeah, it was awesome. So we didn't have to move our gear. We'd just drive straight in. Everything was ready to go. You just switch on and start playing, which you know, saves you hours of time. Yeah. Were you writing resonance while you're practicing in that jam room? Was that your jam room yeah. throughout your time? Yeah, we we wrote pretty much the... A lot of it was written in there. A lot of it was written in the studio. We worked with uh, Matt Bartlett who is a really awesome guy. Um, the drummer at the time, Jake, which you would have met. Yep. Um, amazing drummer. He like did all the programming for it. So he wrote it all, wrote, we wrote it all in practicing. Yep. Then he programmed it all in the studio. And then he had to try and play what he'd programmed. Which oh, was wow. Insane. <laughs> Props to him. He's one of the best drummers that I've, I've worked with. Oh, nice. How long was the process of writing? Most of it came together pretty quick. It wasn't so much the writing and recording that took so long. It was then the mixing, the mastering, then re-recording the vocals to finally release it. That was the longest process. Yeah. And how long do you reckon that took? I want to say three years from stepping yeah. into the studio and to actually then doing our EP launch show was probably about three years. And writing in the studio, so... Was this costing you guys a lot of money at the time? Like, how? What was um, your arrangement with the studio to be to be able to do that? Walked and paid for two weeks. I can't remember how much it cost, but I remember it being a decent amount of money. Um, but yeah, we, we yeah we booked and paid for two weeks. We had most of the songs written, um, core written, and then we did the. It was a very quick couple of days of Jake programming the drums and getting everything down. And us, we did um at another studio down in Tweed. We did live recordings of the songs that we yep. how we had them so far so at least we had that yeah but yeah it was it was awesome working with some really really talented um you know guitarists to help me write and finish the the octave parts and all look at that kind of thing for the album was amazing so the drummer that had programmed the parts he had to learn to write pr learn to play them and play them well enough in two weeks basically yeah that's full on yeah and then Matt was, Matt's a drummer. Matt, Matt Butler's an amazing drummer. So yep. he scrutinized crazy, the sonics of the hits that he was, you know, hitting everything. They, I think they spent more time recording drums than anything else. 
Uh, out. You can tell from them if you listen to the album though. You can the drums are perfect. There is you cannot the sonic, the sound, the mix, everything of the drums of resonance are like the best drums on an album. Yeah, and after that came out, how was it received? We got really good reviews. Like, it was really really well received. Um, we learned a lot from that album. Um, we had the song Lumino, which had yeah. uh, Manny singing on it. Manny from and Closure in Moscow. Yeah, we. Yeah managed to we didn't even know them very well then but we got him to come jump on board and sing for us because his his family um his parents live at the gold coast oh wow so, yeah right. one time he was up here we just got him paid for some studio time and got him to come sing on it that's incredible the vocals on that song are unbelievable mm-hmm. so the released version was was with adam wasn't it the final yeah. released resonance yeah. how do i say there's there's the adam version of lumino and there is the tim version of lumino mm-hmm. They're both very different. Mm. As a fan, and I'm a huge fan of Sleepers and Awake, and I am. I always felt that Adam was a better, a better band member, but Tim's voice had more of a unique quality to it. So if I was to listen to, you know, the album, I love it, and all mm. that stuff that Adam did with the band after that, mm-hmm. incredible. He's such a talented vocalist. And um, he brought, he definitely brought his own character to the band. But there's something about the soulful nature of Tim's voice from his mm-hmm. vocals that I thought made it a very different song. What were your thoughts um, on the two different versions of the of yeah. the song there? Well, he he wrote it, so he wrote yeah. it for his voice, wrote it for his sound. So he, Tim was a great singer. Um, there's no doubt about that. He had, you know, he has the potential. But it. Yeah, there was he just butt head, butted heads as always. Like it's a band situation. It's yeah. It's like dating four dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I've like never thought about that. It is. It is. Yeah. Wow. You with them so much. You're touring. You're in a van for 14 hours, getting to to Sydney. Like yeah. You, and you're all you're not in it. You're all in it for different reasons. Yeah. You're all trying to write different music. Like you're. Yeah. It, it is a very strange situation to be in, and that's why so many bands change members and people leave and just creative differences. So I've got, there's no beef there. There's no, but I think he wrote it for his song. It sounded great with him singing it. Adam came on with a different sound and still nailed it. Like that was the big test. Yeah. He he was a 19 year old kid at that time. So that we found through a rave ad, which is really rave magazine down there. We don't know. No. Um, It was like a street, um, like a zine. uh, Free press zine thing. Yeah. It was just a music thing for Brisbane. So it was just all paid for by advertising kind of thing. So yeah, it was, we found him in that. He, we put in a, a rave ad out there trying yep. to find a singer. That's, uh, see, he was awesome. We didn't have that. What we had to do when we were looking for a singer after Tom and we found Tim, we put up uh, flyers in JB Hi Fi. Ah, uh, yeah. With the little uh, pull tabs. Yeah. <laughs> the, the old school ways. Yeah. Uh, when you think of your band, what which name do you think of and what lineup do you think of yeah that's a that's a good question it's definitely awaken i am is what yep. i think of um it drum is is the hardest bit yeah so bass yeah. nolan yeah i love him yeah um, <laughs> yeah i'd go adam singing because we had so much fun in the later the latter part of the because my favorite show was the album launch show yeah uh, the ep launch show sorry um, so yeah, and then we had Joel Joel Goodlid on drums. He he had the biggest personality and the best drummer to watch yeah. that I've ever seen. Jake, 
resisted beast. He's a, you know, he's a hardcore drummer. So yeah. he was his speed of his hands, speed of his feet. It made the songs. He, he wrote the songs for that kind of vibe. So there's a lot of drummers that can't play the songs because mm. of how well he played them. Um, Fabio, a technically great, great drummer, like fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of funny to watch on stage sometimes. <laughs> and, and just, like he was a good kid, good guy, but very good dude. Yeah. Fabio's story that comes to mind when I talk about Fabio <laughs> is his actual name is Fabio. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a nickname. Yep. Um, we went to leave on tour and he didn't bring shoes. <laughs> He's a drummer. Does he, does he yeah. drum in shoes? No, he doesn't drum in shoes. Okay, okay. We wore thongs. All right. I can't remember where we got to. We got to, I think it was either Adelaide or something like that. And I had, I made him go buy shoes. Was this? Were you with us at this tour? I think so. I can't remember. I remember touring with Fabs. I've got photos of us pulled over somewhere where we had to pee. Yeah. With me and him. <laughs> yeah. He. Um, yeah. He. He didn't bring shoes, and and that just sums up Fabio. It's yeah. Like he, he. He would just forget his drums he would forget something it was just it was we had to keep looking after him he was definitely the well youngest of the band but we definitely had to keep looking after him but that's a tough question a drama question i guess joel joel goodlett yeah i had to like just because of that ep show yeah and i'd say would you call joel a hardcore drummer as well because you were saying jake was i'd say that joel from the outside appeared to be he's more of a I guess he can play hardcore stuff. He can do the straight rock. I just see him as a straight rock drummer. Like we yeah. wanted to do like just a four to the floor straight rock band at one stage where it was just going to be like a, either a thricey thing or um, yeah, the, he's a big fan of punk stuff as well. So I, I feel like he, Jake can play anything like without a doubt, but he was in like, um, what's the band? Uh, before the throne and a couple of really big Gold Coast hardcore bands. Yeah. And Joel to me is just more of a, I see him as a straight rock drummer. All right. And so after Resonance, uh, the next, you moved on to an album. Was it Shields, the next album? Yep. What was the writing? Was it a different writing process? Was it a longer writing? Was it a shorter writing process to get to Shields than it was from Resonance? a bunch of the songs. I left the band before that album was finished. Yeah. So we'd we'd started a bunch of the songs and we'd written a bunch of the songs and we'd re they reused a few at least one song from the old Sleepers EP that oh um, wow you wouldn't be able to recognize wow um, but yeah it was mainly we when we got to that point we'd learned so much from the first EP that we sorted out our own recording setup so Ash had his own setup and he was demoing and recording heaps yeah um, and I think Ned was in the band at this stage or he was coming on and he was doing heaps so ned uh, who was coming from coalfield at the time yeah yeah i think it was or or it would have been coalfield yeah 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 um and they had another guy jed who was a singer guitarist that is like a straight up metal singer guitarist yeah um that was just this total shred lord coming in and and recording stuff so yeah that was around the time i left um i'd kind of i'd played to the same four you know maybe 400 people a lot yeah just, i'd kind of same as i guess you had where the 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 aspiration of what you wanted to be and what you wanted to do was kind of being outweighed by not having any money and driving yeah. around a crappy van and yeah. all of your leave going on touring instead of going on holidays yeah was was resonance an ep or an album ep yeah ep yeah. so 
you ne- so in a similar situation we released our ep we spent forever writing our album and then me and ben left just like so i never released an album yeah after being in a band for almost 10 years yeah maybe yeah, you, same as me do you ever wish that you'd stuck around to release the album no i i genuinely don't i feel oh my camera stopped i i feel um i kind of got i've ticked all of my bucket list items like i've got to play warp tour i got to do obviously this wasn't with with sleepers or awaken i am but i got to do warp tour i got to play a bunch of house of blues shows and tour the states so it was i got to do all of the things i kind of wanted to do and without you did... any of the the responsibility of it being my band yeah <laughs> and you managed to do all of that through mest how yeah. did that come about i don't know um, <laughs> I'm very lucky. I'm not yeah. anywhere near good enough to have done what I've done. Um, <laughs> it's like that whole imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. Uh, I was in the middle of a sh- some shows with with Sleepers, uh, with Awaken I Am, and we were, I want to say Wollongong. I think we are in Wollongong at the time. Yeah. And I got a phone call from Tony, who's the, the singer, his mest, Tony Lovato, yeah. saying, hey, do you want to come do some shows in two weeks' time? Um so how how did he have your number uh we we were chatting we we played the i think it was 2009 we did a tour with them um collateral management uh ben nielsen at the time was doing was running collateral management he had put us on the mess shows he just was looking for a local band or i guess i want to say a cheap band that pulls numbers to chuck on these because they were all the snitches and thriller shows and we've always got good numbers at those so he was looking for a band to put on those to to, to kind of boost the numbers for Mest. Yeah, how many um, years? How many years later was it after those shows that Tony reached out? You said two years. Oh wow, must have made an impression. Yeah, I mean, I'd stayed in touch. It was the yeah. first time. The best thing about it was it was the first time they'd come to Australia. Yeah. So of course you're gonna remember the you know your first time over here and touring with a band that made it easy. Like they're yeah. flying everywhere and we're driving their gear everywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, because he was using my rig, so yeah. he had all orange gear in at home. So he, my setup was very similar to his. So yeah. it was super easy. I would set it up for me. We would line check, then I would change it, set it up for him. He would sound check, and then I would reset it back up for me and play, and then I would set it back up for him, and then yeah. So I've been doing that for for a couple of weeks over here. As soon as they needed someone to do something and had very little notice, Mike, their other guitarist, was like, what about Dave? And he's like, yeah, fuck it. (laughs) So yeah, I had two weeks notice to learn the songs. I learned them as best I could. I got over there for maybe six hours practice. Yeah. And then we drove from LA to to Detroit to play the first show. Unbelievable. What was the first show like? I was... It was a funny one. We um, our bass player was getting picked up after the Detroit show. Yep. <laughs> so we didn't have a bass player for the first show. Oh, so, so he was arriving after. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mike recorded the songs on bass while we were driving from LA to Detroit in on a laptop. Yeah. And then we played the backing track bass, and Ben, one of the the roadies, was miming it. That. <laughs> Yeah. Did he did he have any bass talent? Was it yeah, believable? Yeah, yeah. yeah. also it was a believable. Give, given him another couple of weeks, he probably could have learnt the songs well enough to play them. That's but incredible. Not like, hey, you've got thirty minutes. So yeah, yeah, learn the yeah, set. It was, it was good times. But the 
biggest realization that I came to after those shows is kids don't know. Kids don't care. Yeah. Yep. We still put on a great show. Tony is still a huge, amazing front man. Mm. Um, and all we, all I got was I came off the, cause what happened, we went out with the backing track, the sound guy pulled the bass, um, and then told us via the, the speakers. So I jumped on bass so I could keep playing the songs. I'd never played the songs on bass before, yep. but it, it's fun pop punk stuff. It's like yeah. winged it as best I could. And then we got off the stage and I'm expecting kids to have hated it to thought it was, you know, funny. And then all I got was you went from guitar to bass. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah, that was all planned. Yeah. That's the show. We're going to do that every set now. Kids don't know. Kids don't get it. They, they just want to be there for the music. They, they don't, they're not an actual fan. Isn't out there to nitpick and say, yeah. oh, you played the, the second chorus in your third song. You, you started in the wrong place or you yeah. sang out of tune. Kids are there just to have fun. That reminds me one time after a show, we had an opening act. And um, so it was like there was the opener, which were a bunch of young guys that were pretty metal, very technical. Then the the second act was up on stage and we were getting ready backstage. And one of the kids from this first band was sitting by himself crying. And I kind of went over and I was like, what's going on? And he was like, I stuffed up. So he's the drummer. And he's like, I stuffed up so much like... You know, there was this big moment in this. I stuffed this off. I, and I was like, I watched the whole set. I thought it was amazing. And what you got to remember is everyone in the crowd is thinking about themselves more. They're thinking about my legs are tired. When can I get my next drink? Uh, mm. Oh, is this person here yet? What time is it? How many, you know, like there's music going. They're enjoying being in the crowd, but you can mm. get away with a lot. <laughs> like... Um, and he just needed that confidence boost, like because he'd put it in his head so badly that he needed it to be perfect. Yeah. But the live show, like, isn't especially a rock show. We're not there yeah. to be perfect. We're there to yeah. to be entertaining. It's it. It's yeah. The you see some of the biggest bands that I've ever seen, and they don't play perfect. Like they, it, there's a difference between muscle memory and playing for two years the same fifteen songs. Yeah. And playing them perfectly. Like they don't sing the same way they recorded it. They barely ever do. They never play it the same way they recorded it. Like it, it evolves over time. Yeah. It's the definitely. best thing about it. And yeah, the, I was so worried I was going to come off and it was going to be a horrible show and everyone was going to be mad and everyone loved it. And the yep. band, and Tony was just like, that's it. That's what, that's the, that's America. That's it's so good. Pay 11 bucks a sh- a sh- to come see the show. That's and crazy. Was, 11 bucks. <laughs> It was, uh, so headliners were Attack, Attack and Escape the Fate. Could you imagine paying $11 to see Attack, Attack That's and Escape insane. the Fate? That's insane. That's huge. And Secrets, who are yep. some amazing dudes. Yeah, big fan of yeah, Secrets. In, in the Word Alive. Oh, wow. That's a, yeah. for 11 bucks. 11 bucks. It's that's like, like a $12 show. That's a $90 ticket in Adelaide. 100%. That's most of the, the Soundwave lineup. Yeah, that's that. That's an amazing sound wave for me. Yeah. Is what that is. And was it, so? Was this after you'd left Awaken I Am the yeah. mess tour? So how yeah, far, I, how long out of the band were you? Out of band? I life? was still playing the last shows. I was doing the last r- r- oh, lineup right. while, yeah. while they found someone else. So I'd yeah. I'd announced that I was leaving. I was done, yeah. and I, you know, with a heavy heart, I couldn't go on because we weren't making any money. Yeah, and not getting anywhere. And we kept making silly mistakes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of my biggest thing when I talk to young bands and it is you can't have any debt. Yeah. Yes. So the band can't ha- have debt and you can't have personal debt. 
Because what I've learned is that even if you if you're touring full time in America, you're still getting paid ten fifteen dollars a day. Yeah, you're working for forty five minutes a day. Yeah, but you're only really getting paid. You know, you're getting your rider, you're getting your food money. Yeah. So if you're on a label that's paying you merch money, you might be making maybe a couple hundred bucks a week. Yeah, but it's not for the money at yeah. all. No. Yeah, definitely. You're not paying for any food. You're not paying for any drinks. You can kind of you get a free holiday out of it, which is what I kind of did when yeah. I do tour. But you're not making any money. Yeah. So if, if that was your band and that was your income and that was what you'd kind of wanted to do, you got three, four years of that before you're mm. making any money. So it's, how, yeah, it's, it's very different now. Yeah. How long w- was that tour? So how long was uh, were you on the road living that road life on the 10 to $15 a day? About six weeks, seven weeks. Jeez. But I was working full time here. So I'd had a decent amount of money saved up and I got real lucky because it was dollar for dollar. That's awesome. So, the Australian dollar was so strong that yeah. I was 13 bucks with 13 bucks, but that... $13 of food over there feeds five people. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's massive portions and full of calories. That's sick. What was the biggest show of the tour? Um, there was some, there was heaps of really fun ones. The New York show was really fun. It was with the same bands every night, but we, um, the San Diego shows were really good because that was the secrets hometown. So they turned out for that. Yeah. Um, the Arizona shows were really big because a couple of the guys from Escape the Fate were Arizona boys. Yeah. Uh, um, for me, playing House of Blues in LA was somewhere I'd wanted to go to watch a show. And you got to play, play a, show. a show. Yeah. So that was your first time there as well, was playing yeah. there. That's yeah. huge. It was, yeah, it was ridiculous. There was just heat. There was so many fun moments and I didn't take any of it for granted. I tried to, I had my skateboard with me and I try and get out and see cities and towns as much as yeah. I could. I try and meet new people and try and make new friends. And it was really fun. Yeah. And was that the last time that you were on stage? No, I got to do, I came back and did some shows with Awaken I Am okay. to fill in. Um, I played a show with the Young Lions and I bombed it so bad. Oh no. Yeah, it was, it's hard because it, it, muscle memory, you're playing these songs for so long that you think of, that you don't think about, um, I guess, how you're playing them, what you're playing and how much you need to practice to learn songs. But then again, it, it was a culmination of everything I hate about the music scene. We kind of, I got told it was going to be a huge show for 500 people. Um, we're going to play at 11 o'clock and then yeah. we get there at six to load in i'd yeah. hang out in the venue from six till 2 a.m before we go on stage and there's Dude, maybe 100 people left that's rough I'm like this this isn't for me yeah <laughs> um so yeah it it's kind of and i did the a couple of shows on warp tour which was huge for me yeah definitely um, i paid my own way to do that so i paid for my own airfares so i could go out and play them um, yep. i got most of it reimbursed but it was yeah that was a wild time and is that again with mest yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is so that was you'd already done the initial tour, come mm-hmm. home, and then there was another opportunity to go and play warp tour. Yeah. How much later was that from the first tour? Um maybe six months, seven months. Yeah, okay. So so there was never a time in between these where you were like, I'm so out of it that I don't know how I'm gonna get back on. You still kinda had the the muscle memory and the Yeah, those shows were fine. Going. It was the songs once again, they're simple but smart. Yeah. So they're, you know, pop punk bar chord songs, um, but they're with really fun harmonies to sing, which is what I enjoyed so much about it. 
um yeah just songs for having a good time too like i, I love that kind of music very um, cool but yeah they wouldn't take long to get back in the swing of it yeah and what music have you done since then if any have you written anything have you tried to start something have you started anything not really i've there's a few things that we've kind of had in the works i've done a bunch of jams with mates um yeah. it's really hard to find time as you would know yeah 100 um, percent. it's really really hard to find time you're working full-time i've got a boy who's turning four in march no yeah. um, it's hard to find the time and then everyone's so time poor i feel at the moment yeah definitely Every, so it's that whole grind mentality you've got to work yeah you to the grindstone to make money got to got to do more 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 that's the yeah. so is it is it kindy this year or kindy next year he's in kindy next year this year next coming, year yeah. all right well, this year Wait, yes i guess it would take yeah it would be this year he's in prep next year all right then god that's what that's when it starts changing <laughs> that's when it starts changing a lot um like it's still hard but it's different that's the getting lunches ready and you don't realize that that's such a big <laughs> thing until you got to start getting lunches ready yeah, and lunches get so well at daycare daycare make the most amazing food and he yeah yeah comes home he's like i just want noodles i'm like i'm such a bad parent Here you go, <laughs> noodles again have, have you shown him your music not really i try to but he's he's such a strange kid when it comes to music and i <laughs> yeah. love it his favorite song at the moment is the power rangers dino charge theme song that doesn't sound strange at all for a four-year-old that sounds fantastic <laughs> And he just loves it. And he loves music soundtracks. Yeah. The Godzilla theme song, like the new Godzilla theme that's full orchestral. He He's obsessed with it. That's cool. Yeah. That's different it, as well. Batman, he loves the, the old um, Batman theme songs. Yeah. But there's so many random things that he, he just loves, that kind of stuff. But then Green Day, he still likes When I Come Around and Welcome to Paradise, Green Day yeah. songs. Uh, so we'll crank those every now and then. And it's just weird it, yeah. the songs that he chooses that he likes so what else are you listening to now so apart from bringing out the old favorites green day and others um, what's the stuff that you're into at the moment new stuff i guess i've been listening to a lot of thrice even though it's not overly new but the the latest two albums were freaking awesome um a bunch of bear too yeah man i really like i'm a big fan yeah, of caleb yeah, he's a yeah, big fan. But the, yeah, not heaps of new stuff. I go, I went real deep into State Champs. Um, I don't know I State had, Champs. I heard of them, but not really heard of them. Okay. So I went, yeah, big into State Champs and brand new. Joel, um, Joel Goodlett, the drummer, was wanting to do a, a brand new style band. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I've listened to very little brand new. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was too embarrassed to say that. So. <laughs> So I went and listened to a bunch and to try and get the vibe that he was trying to go for. So, yeah. yeah. It's a question I love to ask is um, everyone always asks, what's your first album? But I want to know what's the first album that you somehow acquired, but then what was the first album that you would want to tell people was your first album? My first CD that I got given, I yep. was trying to work out, I think it's a hot, I think it was Hot Hits 26. It would have been <laughs> in 1996 or something like that. So, so my, my parents bought me a CD player and it yeah. came in it, and that CD. So it would have been horrible like, 90s. So that would have been like Vengabus kind of. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, try yeah. and find it. I'm sure I've got it at my, at my dad's house somewhere. Yeah. And what, what album was the first album that kind of 
really hit you and got you into music? What's the one that when, you know, when someone says to you, what was your first album? You don't want to say like <laughs> hot hits. You want to say. Yeah. The first album I bought, I think was actually a Michael Jackson cassette tape. All right. Um, so I think I listened to, it was like the heal the world. I think it was the black and white cassette tape. Yeah. So I think that was the first thing I bought. Um, and then a friend of mine, I've actually got it here. Oh, wow. And Nirvana, nevermind tape oh, for, dude. for me. So, um, and that was it. I got given that and I had a cassette player and I, we were on a boat trip and all I did was listen to that over and over again. And so I went and bought that CD with the next bit of money that I had. Yeah. And that was it. And then singer guitarist. You just, yeah, just yeah. wanted to be Kurt Cobain. I yeah. grew my hair super long. Um, and then Hanson came out. So I cut my hair short. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is funny. All right. We, we had a, one of my brother's mates. I'll never forget telling me, dude, Hanson, that chick is so hot. <laughs> Talking about, what was the, what was the middle brother's name? Uh, Taylor, Hansen. Taylor Hanson. Yeah. He was like, Taylor Hanson. She's so hot. <laughs> There's nothing yeah, wrong with Hanson. No, I mean, you, you, you make it work. It would have yeah. been a very, very smart record exec that found those people and put them in front of the world and made a, made everyone a heap of money. Yeah. And then everyone went on with their lives. <laughs> yeah. And it was good songs. I, I remember um, I used to get up early on the weekends. Did you ever tape songs off TV, off like Rage or TV hits or whatever? I used to tape songs off the, the radio. I yeah. never did the tape songs off Rage. I, I wasn't huge into video clips. Oh, I was I was all about video clips. And I remember uh, Where's the Love was like Hanson's yeah. second song. And I got massive on that song. I thought it was amazing <laughs> at the time. It was like Pretty Fly for a White Guy and Where's the Love were my two songs. <laughs> pretty fly for a white guy yeah oh. so what else uh are you into at the moment what have you got any projects or anything that you're working on kind of anything creative that takes up I'm your talking, time i'm doing a bit more videography for some friends i've kind yeah. of dipped my toe into that world um and it's it is a time consuming place um, yeah i've man. got a mate who is so so good at it he can almost one day edit videos for weddings all right i don't understand how he does it jeez like he just shoots the perfect footage for the perfect amount of time and it's i can do a uh, i can do a wedding i can same day edit a wedding yep it's four hours or five hours of editing but i can still come back from the wedding smash it out and keep going yeah um he can almost do it with videos but video for me it's just I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Ash, Ashley Jackson's really good at it. Yes. Um, and there's yeah. a few other guys that are really good at it that I'm kind of trying to emulate. The, for me, the, the money's not in it yeah. for video because I can get paid the same amount of money to do some, a, an hour worth of photos and do three or four photo shoots on a weekend for a couple of hundred bucks. Yeah. And then you do one video shoot on a weekend, get paid almost the same amount of money, but you spend three weeks editing it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just dipping into the world of uh, very simple one camera this stuff video editing, but um, there's a there's levels, <laughs> and every now and again I'll find something, and then I'm like, oh no, I've just like clicked <laughs> over to the next, yep, the now next step. Color grade everything. And yeah, I've got three cameras running. Yeah, your A camera, B camera. And now you got to do your B roll. See, these are these are the levels that are yet to come. Um, all right. Well, 
we've gone a little bit over, but I just, I kept wanting to talk. I'm trying to keep these short because I do want to have people back on. So it's been amazing to catch up and talk to you. Hang around. I'll wrap up the podcast uh, before we say goodbye. But is there anything that you want to plug at the end of the show? Anywhere people can find you or follow you? Um, I got, I think it's Dave Nankervis on Instagram. Yeah. That's really it. I'm nice. Not, yeah, I'm not chasing any new work. I'm just trying to be the best dad I can be at the moment. Dude, that's the that's the best life you can live, I reckon. <laughs> that's that's what I'm finding. I, I can't um I can't even remember what was important before kids, you know, mm. nowadays. I don't know where my time went. That too. <laughs> Although uh, my Steam library tells me that it went into a uh, oblivion. Um yeah. <laughs> 500 hours or something so that's where mine apparently went but anyway dave thank you again so much it was such a pleasure to talk to you and catch up and uh i'll have to have you on again to talk to you again soon awesome no problem at all thank you